today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. I mean, if you were to put it into some type of form, how many times do you think about all, all of your failures? And how many times do you think about God's grace? How many times do you review the greatness of God or the bigness of your giant in your mind? The attitude was, that giant is so big, we can win. David was saying, that giant is so big, I can't miss. There has to be this language of faith. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. As David prepared to fight the biggest enemy on the battlefield, his own family expressed doubt about his ability to overcome, and they tried to discourage him. But David didn't see a giant, he saw victory. In today's lesson, Pastor Ed shares two ways to view the giant in our own life. We can focus on the failures of the past that will drag us into defeat, or we can choose to listen to the one who has promised to provide victory. Don't give one thought to the lies of the enemy. Focus on grace, not guilt. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Some of the greatest opposition you will ever experience will at times come from those closest to you. When you want to do God's will, it can be a spouse, it can be a child, it can be a parent, it can be a very close friend. Who's fighting David at this moment? David is in a conversation and he's talking with some of the other soldiers when he hears Goliath make this challenge on the 41st day. In that morning, it would be the last time Goliath ever makes that challenge. It's going to be sunset for him. But here, David hears that challenge, and all of a sudden, his brother Eliab gets ticked off at him and accuses him of all the wrong motives. Why did you come down here? Where did you leave those few sheep? The message says those feeble sheep. It's a real put down. Did David get sidetracked and start fighting his brother? No. When people oppose you, even those closest to you, don't get caught up in the wrong battle. Focus on what God is telling you to do. Focus on what God is calling you to do. There in that moment, David is so focused because he's offended at Goliath's words that Goliath would disgrace the God of Israel. That's what bothered him. That's what offended him. And in that moment, his brother begins to oppose him. I don't know how many times a godly woman, a godly man, is doing something for God. And all of a sudden, 
the enemy begins to work through their close family members. Recognize if you're that person and your wife, your spouse, your children are doing something for God, be very careful what you say to them. And if you're in that household and someone's opposing you, don't get involved fighting them. Let God take care of it. So, you know, there David is, and David goes to the king, Saul. And Saul looks at David. Now remember, Saul's walking in the natural. Remember, Saul's lost the anointing. Saul cannot see what David could see. Saul does not feel what David feels. And, and Saul says, David, you can't fight him. You're a youngster. I mean, he's a trained warrior. You're going to be roadkill. Well, David right away goes back into the diary of his mind and brings up those stories of the lion and the bear and and how God helped him. What happens is there are children who tell their parents, you're too old, you're outdated. Maybe they're not computer savvy anymore, or they never were, but it doesn't mean that they don't have wisdom or experience or abilities. Poor parents say such negative things to their children, and those children, some of them, never rise above that negativity that was hurled at those children throughout their years. David, you remember, right now is hearing the voice of the past, an authority figure from Saul. You can't do it. His own family, David, it's ridiculous. You can't do it. And then Goliath, with his intimidations, tells David, David, you're a fool. What are you, coming out against me with sticks? I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to cream you. I'm going to kill you. David could have stopped at that moment and just listened to the enemy. You have a spiritual enemy that's saying to you, listen, You'll never succeed. Uh, You'll never be victorious. You'll never achieve. Again and again. Look where you've been. Look what you've done. Remember your past. On and on the enemy has a bombardment. Now you can choose to listen to that negativity. And you can defeat yourself by repeating it, believing it, Focusing on it. You know what I hear David talk about? God. Over and over again in this narrative, he talks about God. Over and over again, he rehearses God. Imagine if we were to think more about God's grace than our guilt. I mean, if you were to put it into some type of form, how many times do you think about all all of your failures? And how many times do you think about God's grace? How many times do you review the greatness of God or the bigness of your giant in your mind? The attitude was, that giant is so big, we can't win. David was saying, that giant is so big, I can't miss. There has to be this language of faith. That's the language of unbelief, but the language of faith in verse 26 David asked the men standing near, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine, removes 
Notice this disgrace from Israel who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. He was concerned about God's honor. David would approach the battlefield alone. He accepted the call to fight the giant alone. He stood before the giant alone. He fought the giant alone. There's times in your life where you're going to have to just stand alone. But you don't stand alone when you stand with God. For if God before you, who could be against you? If God before you, who can overcome you? There David is, and he recognizes, I'm not alone because I walk in this world where God is greater than any obstacle, than any problem, than any difficulty, than anything I could ever face. Hallelujah. Start changing that self-talk. Remember Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, I want to speak words of grace, words of faith. Christian faith is assuring, ensuring, and enduring. Just say that with me. I love that. Christian faith is assuring, ensuring, and enduring. Well, David doesn't stop there. David experiences the victory of faith. The victory of faith. In 1 John 5, 4, it says this. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In the New Testament... The last writer to write is John the Apostle. And he writes in 1 John, here's your victory that overcomes. It is faith. Think of the David story. That vision of faith. That voice of faith. He's not going to get into negative, defeated language. Oh, I'll never make it. Oh, it'll never change. Oh, I'll never do it. No, no, no. He's not going to do that. He's going to talk the word. He's going to talk the scripture. He's going to talk God's conversation. Now watch what God does. There's a quote that says, faith keeps the man who keeps the faith. Faith keeps the man who keeps it. Keep that faith. Be, keep it in your heart. Don't let it dissipate. Don't let it disappear. Don't let it dissolve. Meditate in that word. Live in the world that God is greater. Because he is greater than your sin. He is greater than your giants. He is greater than the obstacles. Now God is going to do something in David. He's going to utilize the natural. Utilize the natural. In First Samuel 1740, the scripture says, he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Now, I want you to see something in what David is doing. Saul gives David his armor, but he can't move on it. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. Saul's armor was big. And here you have David, a teenager, unskilled in battle, wasn't prepared to fight with armor. He had no probability not used a sword before and not fought in any type of battle at all. David 
didn't try to be someone else. Now, eventually, he would learn to be skilled with a sword. Eventually, he would know how to use a spear. Eventually, he would use that shield. And he would be a skilled warrior in the years to come. But at this moment, all he knows is the shepherd's staff and the sling. Now, that was a pretty good weapon because those stones could go from anywhere 100 to 150 miles an hour. In that sling. It would be like a a bullet shot out. And David was, was accurate. But what he does is at that moment, he recognizes what he has and he uses it. God isn't interested in what you don't have. Well, I can't do anything for God unless I've had certain training or I can't do anything for God unless I I have this or that and and we begin to look at our deficiencies we begin to look at our liabilities when God touches your liabilities they become assets see God was creating a story in the life of David for the centuries to think on and meditate on and hear about that with God, you're in the majority. With God, nothing is impossible. He could take what you have in your hand and he could use it. Like he said to Moses, who said, God, I'm not able. And he says, I'm not equipped. And God said, what do you have in your hand? He says, I have a staff. And God said, that's enough. What do you have? Well, Lord, I don't have that theological training. God, I'm not able to speak. God, I'm not able to do this or that. God says, no, just give me what you have and I'll anoint it. I'll put my hand on it and I'll use it and trust me with it. Here God took this liability, transformed it into an asset. He took his natural abilities. Wherever you are on the journey of life, God could take it and use it. Don't let it stop you. God, in this text, David is going to utilize the supernatural. He's going to utilize the supernatural. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, when David was anointed, something happened in David's life. It says, so Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. From that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. What was going on in David? The anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. He felt something. He experienced something that no one else was feeling or experiencing. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was God's mighty power working in David's heart. David was moving in the power of the Spirit. I want you to just picture this with me. Who should have fought the battle? He was head and shoulders above everyone else. His name was Saul. But Saul, like the rest of them, was trembling in his boots. He was shaking because the Spirit had left him. I think if Saul would have went out on that battlefield... He would have been history. He would have been a goner. Why? Because Saul was not spiritually prepared to fight the battle. He was not in that right place with God. 
Don't fight giants. If you're not in the right place with God, you'll be clobbered. David was ready spiritually. He was prepared. I mean, just in those fields, he would meditate upon God and he would see the greatness of the Lord. Read his Psalms, like Psalm 29, like Psalm 27, Psalm 11. Uh, Just look at the Psalms and you see this relationship that David has with God and he is ready to fight the giant. He said in Psalm 24, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall dwell in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. There is something about walking in agreement with God, walking in communion with God, that enables you to fight the spiritual battles, to see the giants fall, to see the enemy defeated. And when you're walking with the Lord, your perspective is different, and there's a power upon you. He utilizes the supernatural. The Bible tells us to walk and to live in the Spirit. And when we do, we will experience God's favor and blessing. Faith never grows in a disobedient heart. Saul was out of agreement, out of step with God. And he didn't have the faith. He couldn't have the faith. Just picture the scene with me for a moment. The giant is bellowing out his ridicule and his challenge. And here comes this teenage boy. And he, he rubs his eyes just to look. Who's, and he says, you dark. I mean, he just ridicules him. And here, we're going to look at it in just in the word for a second. We're going to read in chapter 17 at the end of the chapter. Here's the, the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. In the Hebrew, it's like he curled his lip at him. He despised him. He said to David, am I a dog? that you would come after me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now, one of the gods of the Philistines was Dagon. Dagon, in earlier uh, chapters, in, in 1 Samuel, when they actually brought the Ark of the Covenant that they had captured, they brought it into the temple where this god Dagon was. And Dagon fell over. And then they went and picked it up and it fell over again and then it broke and then it fell over again. And so I could picture David thinking in his mind as Goliath is cursing him in the name of Dagon, he's laughing. Dagon is no match for almighty God. He's just going to fall right over. And here's this huge giant of a man and an armor bearer in front of him. And here's a scrawny kid. 
needs to put some weight on. You know, he, he stops by the stream and he picks up five stones. Notice the position. What do you think David is doing with a knee bowed and as he picks up that stone? Oh God, you're the living God. With you is nothing is impossible. We are delivered not by our own power, but by your power. Simply praise. He gets up. And, and, and this is so beautifully illustrated in Scripture. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen, when you come against your giants, come against them in the name of the Lord who saved you, in the name of the Lord who redeemed you, in the name of the Lord who has cleansed you of all your sins. He says, I'm going to come against you in the name of the Lord. That's why I'm fighting this battle. That's how I'm fighting this battle. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, this is so beautiful. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give your carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Every time you are victorious in the name of Christ, he receives honor and glory and people know that your God is real. They know that he's powerful. They know that he can do absolutely anything. Now, I could just picture his three older brothers, David's brothers. There is Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah. And there they are, and they have hands over their eyes. They think, oh, he's going to be creamed. Partly over fear for their brother, partly over embarrassment. Here comes David, and he's not standing. He was running. Now, I could picture this big giant all of a sudden having a big chuckle and starting to laugh. Oh, and here David is as he the giant laughs and puts his head back. And David takes that sling and shoots that stone. God takes David's arm. God takes that stone. And as the giant laughs and he puts his head back, God just moves his helmet a little bit back. And that stone sinks right into his forehead. And he falls. And he's slain. God gave Goliath into David's hands. What giant are you battling with? Some addiction? Some long-standing sin? Something that's hindering your spiritual life? And you just think, oh, I give up. Doesn't seem like it's ever going to change. What world are you walking in? The world of Goliaths that are bigger than life or the world of God who's bigger than giants? 
We hope you've been blessed by Dr. Edward Jones' study on the life of David and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join with you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. By getting plugged in with a local church, you'll also be able to bless others around you by sharing your unique gifts. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com and click on Back to the Home page. That's all the time we have for today. But join us next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed shares more from the captivating life of David. Your word restores.